All her life, Joan placed herself into the hands of men who failed her. Joan does the unthinkable for a woman in 1960, leaving her small town of Gainesfield. As an accomplished musician, Joan served her country in the first ever women's Air Force band, San Antonio, Texas. She unwittingly becomes part of a brainwashing experiment. After her Air Force service, returning to society is particularly hard for Joan, so much so that she has spent a good deal of her life in a mental institution. As a patient in a VA hospital, Joan is found murdered. Small-town secrets, whispers behind closed doors, stolen records, serve to solve the mystery of what the hell happened to Joan? This book is a work of fiction, but very well could have happened. This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Massari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Talkie Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry Hey everybody and welcome to episode 59.2 of Lupa's Bits I am your host Lupa Barty (laughs) Now, I say point two because this is the second time that I have recorded this. Thankfully, I was only about 12 minutes in before I realized that my record line on my program didn't look right. It looked like, you know, those those sharks that have like the saw on the end of their nose, like that, that looks like a chainsaw blade that comes out. 
it was all spiky and looked really weird. And I showed it to my live studio audience and he said, oh, that's reverb. And I'm like, let's do what now? I don't know how to fix that. But guess what? I fixed it. <laughs> Mike wasn't plugged in all the way. Terribly sorry. So we're going to do this again. Hopefully I have the same amount of enthusiasm that I had the first time around. I might even actually have all new jokes too. So, you know, you never know. I do need to wet my whistle a lot earlier than I did the last time. Here's a new thing for you. Um, not only am I going to be doing Fun Fact Friday and Florida Man Friday, I'm also going to be doing a little housekeeping at the beginning of each episode because not everybody that listens to the dulcet tones of my voice every Friday listen to the wonderful tones of Joe and Jenna on Monday on the World of Mythbits. So you might miss some important stuff that you might actually be interested in. So what we're going to do is we're going to do housekeeping over there and housekeeping here. Now, if you listen to both, then this is your warning. Go pee, go get a cup of coffee, go grab an apple, whatever, walk down the hall, scratch your butt, fart, I don't care. Whatever you need to do so you don't have to listen to it again if you choose not to. But I mean, who would not want to listen to me? Come on. Okay. So, here we go. Housekeeping. Dark Myth Publications, which just so happens to be me. Well, it's not me. I work for Dark Myth Publications, but, you know, it's me. Has a couple of things to cover this week as pre-sale for the 50th anniversary. 50th? 50th? Wow. 50th anniversary edition of Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner will conclude this Saturday, which I think was last Saturday, and we'll start general orders this Saturday, September 4th. Now, I'm kind of excited to read this because I didn't work on it. I didn't edit it. I didn't publish it. I haven't read it. I haven't looked at it. I have heard a whole lot about it. I'm very excited. I can't wait to read it because it's actually something I'm going to be able to read for fun. I'm not getting paid to edit it. I'm not getting paid to read it. I don't have to decide whether or not it's going to get published. I get to read it for fun. Yay me! I'm excited. Um, and then on the 7th, of September, we are going to be releasing something that I am super excited about. I did actually have the privilege of editing this one and all the others to follow, and that is Walter G. Esselman's new release, Liberty's Run, book one. Now, if you've been following along, if you followed the story in the World of Myth magazine, that is only a fraction, a fraction of the story. So, I recommend that when it hits the shelves on September 7th, you scoop up a copy as quickly as you can because it is an excellent read. And I just, I, I really want to cosplay Liberty in the worst way. And I need to find somebody who can do the tattoos that she has on her arm in a way that I can like put them on, take them off because I don't have tattoos. She's just that cool. And she's a librarian. I mean, come on. Librarians are cool to begin with. But I mean, she's like this, this backroom superhero kind of librarian. She's, she's really awesome. So I love it. Anyway, so that's coming out September 7th. Now, Dark Myth Comics is actively working on new American Smash comic. And that is still written by creators Alan Russo and David K. Montoya. Now, they created this comic book 21 years ago. And... They finished the first one and then they kind of let it sit for 15 years. Life, kids, life, stuff happens. And they have recently picked it back up, which I'm very proud of both of them for doing that. 
and they are working on um, book two. So yay. And it's being drawn by former Majestic Comics artist Idris Youssef. Now, you also need to keep your eyes out for a submissions call for Chronicles of the Unknown. Now, that's going to be a luchador horror mashup. And yours truly is going to actually attempt to write the script for a comic, for a luchador horror comic. Because I had a really good idea. I just, I've never written a comic before. So, you know, I'm struggling with that a little bit. But yeah, I'm going to give it a try. You know, like, if you've never done it before, it's kind of a neat way to learn something new, to expand your horizons, to see if, you know, you'd be good at something else as well. So yeah, keep your eyes open for a a call, a call for submissions for Chronicles of the Unknown, a luchador horror mashup. I just like saying that word. I don't know why. All right, so Jason Modcast's current lineup continues to grow in popularity because y'all just love us. And you can listen to us on pretty much any outlet that delivers podcasts. And just just pick a podcast and Google it and you will see it comes up. I did this the other day. It comes up everywhere on podcast places that I didn't even know existed. They take the feed from our main server and share it on their podcast page, which is really kind of cool. Season five of My Public Life as an American Nerd with Eddie Aguirre can now be found on the JSO Modcast YouTube channel or under podcasts at PCEHD.com. Speaking of Eddie and PCEHD, he is actively putting final touches on vendors while Dave is in the final stages of negotiations. I'm laughing because I really do need to edit housekeeping before I read it to you because it says, well, I am. No, no, I'm not. I am not in negotiations with anybody. I'm not in the final stages of nothing. (laughs) So Dave is in the last stages, last stage negotiations with our final guest celebrities for this year's event. Now, tickets can be purchased at PCEHD.com or in person at Comic Cult in Hesperia, that's in California, or at Megatom's Burgers in Apple Valley, Spirit Halloween in Victorville, and of course, MythMart.com. Now, MythMart is down to its final 25 tickets. Once they run out, that's it. They're not restocking them. So if you want tickets from MythMart, then I suggest you get your little keister over there and you get them quick. And... I'm just going to say this. If you want tickets to this event, get them now because they are going quick. They started selling like two months ago. I think tickets started actually selling. Like the minute the tickets were available, they started selling. And we have a limited run of tickets. So if you want to go to this event and you're going to want to go to this event, I suggest you get your tickets now as soon as possible so that, you know, you're not running the chance of getting to the door and the door going, sorry, sold out, dude, you can't come in. You can look through the window and see all of us inside having a whole bunch of fun, but you can't come in. So get your tickets. Something else about Mythmar too. Oh, yes. The World of Myth Bits t-shirts. They are so cool. I've seen them. They are so cool. I want one. They will be on sale for purchase. Uh, They started on sale for purchase on the 30th of August and they're only 21 bucks grab one. I want one because I'm starting a collection of podcast t-shirts. I have mine, of course, because, you know, I have to have mine first. So now I want to get a World of Mythbits t-shirt and I want um, 
the three nodes. I, I want I want to collect podcast T-shirts. I do. And oh, uh oh, hold on, we have a mild technical difficulty here. It's not really my technical difficulty. It's more the live studio audience's technical difficulty because in about a minute and a half, I'm going to lose my live studio audience. But I fixed it, so we're good now. Okay. I need to plug my cell phone in. (laughs) That was the problem. So yeah, get your World of Myth Bits t-shirt. And I'm just going to throw this out there. If my public life as an American nerd ever makes a t-shirt, they need to make... The new version, obviously, to advertise the new version of the show. But I also want an old school version. You know, the way the show used to be before it was an interview show. I want them to do both, both pictures on shirts, not on the same shirt. So, yeah, I'm just going to throw that out there because <laughs> I think that would be cool. Okay, so they have also restocked the one-shot comic of American Smash as well. So get your copy while they are still in stock. Now... That's MythMart.com, by the way. Zombie Works is still taking submissions for Natural Instincts, and I think we are only taking submissions, yes, that's me too, until 15th of September, I believe. I could be wrong. Check the ad on Facebook. If you go to Zombie Works Publications on Facebook, you'll find out. You can also go to www.zombieworks.us slash submissions and see what we're looking for. And I'll tell you what we're looking for. We're looking for witches. We're looking for warlocks. Natural instincts. So get your stories in. Uh, Submissions will have where to email them to. And clock is ticking on that one. So, and we're only accepting a certain amount of stories. So once we hit that amount of quality stories, then submissions are closed. Okay. In other news, we just published issue 99 of the World of Myth. 99 double digits, the last of the double digits that this magazine will ever see. Kind of a big moment moving into our 100th issue. Not many magazines, especially online magazines, especially free online magazines, make it past 50, never mind hitting their 100th issue. So I want to make it special. I want to showcase everything that this magazine means to everybody, to the readers, to the contributors, to the people who started with it when it was at issue one, issue two, issue three, the people who came in at issue 25, 29, 30, and then people like me that came in, I think I came in somewhere in the 80s, maybe 90s, 80s, 70s, 52, that's not right, 51. Okay, five and one is six. 61. Okay, I'm playing charades with my live studio audience, just so you know. I came in around issue, holy crap. I came in around issue 61. Wow, I've been around a while. I'm old. Oh, wait, my live studio audience is going to check that for us. Anyway, we are going to, while he's checking that, we are putting out our 100th issue in September. And it's a big deal for me. I've been the editor. I started as managing editor and then worked up to editor and now I'm editor-in-chief. I started as as managing editor in 2019, I believe. I do believe it was January. Yeah, it was January of 2019. It was 61, by the way. Wow. As if he remembered that. Well done. I'm impressed. I am thoroughly impressed. So I've been around a while and I think I came in in as managing editor so 61 would have been in 2018 and I came in a year later 
as managing editor when uh, Mike Lutz left. And I'm still here. It's 2021 and I'm still here. So seeing our 100th issue is a big deal for me. I mean, it's a huge deal for Dave since he started the magazine. But this isn't Dave's show and this isn't about Dave. So, you know, <laughs> it's it's a big deal for me to to be a part of the 100th issue. And I want you all to be a part of the 100th issue. So we are accepting, I mean, it's the same basic submission guidelines as we have for every single issue. You can only contribute one piece per category, but you can have a piece in every single category. So if you've got a horror story that's been hanging around, dust it off, brush it up, send it in. And you want to send in that comedy, you want to send in that artwork, send it to me. I want to make this an issue to remember, one that we're all proud of. I mean, I'm proud of every single issue that we put out and I am honored to be able to work with the people that I work with, not just the staff on the magazine, Dave, because <laughs> it's just me and Dave, um, but our contributors, our contributors are what make the magazine. We just put it together. I just edit it and hand it all over to Dave and Dave puts it together. It's our contributors that make the magazine what it is, that give it that class, that give it that wonderful feeling that you have when you read it. That gives, yes, thank you. Live studio audience pops in again. It gives it life. You guys breathe the life into the magazine, into the pages, into the stories. And you are the ones that make our readers come back month after month after month. You are the ones that make new people want to contribute and be part of that atmosphere. And I want this issue to not only honor and celebrate the fact that we've been around for 100 issues, but to honor and celebrate the ones that have made the magazine last for 100 issues. So this is your issue. This is for you guys. So send your stuff in and let's make it amazing. And you can send all of that creative goodness to me because I want to read it all. I want to look at it all. I want to hang out with it all. And you can send it all to me at Stephanie Barty, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-B-A-R-D-Y at theworldofmyth.com. And don't forget, if you're new, check out our submission guidelines. And last, but certainly not least, the votes are in for Open Contract Challenge 2021. We now have our two contestants that are going to go head-to-head -head for the coveted first prize. Now, both of the contestants are guaranteed an ebook contract. That goes without saying, that is part of winning second place and first place. I'm not going to tell you who our two winners are. I'm going to say an absolute heartfelt congratulations to the two of them. I have worked with the two of them closely in the past and I have enjoyed both of their works in the magazine in the past. I, I'm very happy for both of them and excited to see, you know, which one emerges on top. I do not want Walter's job in any way, shape or form <laughs> because he has to now decide between the two. Nope. If you want to hear who they are, then you need to go over to the World of Myth Bits and look up their 
previous, the episode they just did on Monday, and it's called The OCC Takeover. Because Walter and I and the two contestants kind of took over and commandeered poor Joe and Jenna's show. Now, Jenna was out because of conflicting schedules, and Joe very kindly kind of just sat in the background and I'm a very big personality and I did apologize to Joe at the end of the show for kind of commandeering it. Um, It was not my intention. He did have a bit of technical difficulty at the beginning. Yeah, Walter and I and the two contestants, we kind of just took over the show and it's, it was a really fun show. And the moment that the two of them realized that they had made it to the final round and we're now going head to head for first place was priceless. It actually brought tears to my eyes seeing the shock and the joy and the disbelief on both of their faces and in their voices. You'll hear it in their voices, but it was an incredible experience. It was one that I had the very first year that we did the open contract challenge. Mike, Dave and I, it was Mike and Dave and I did the announcement on the world of myth bits and it was it was a thrill. And then I went off and did, you know, different things and haven't been involved in the announcement. And I got the chance because Dave was indisposed. I got the chance to be involved in it again. And it was such a thrill to see the two of them. They had no idea coming in. No idea at all. Because we had told them they were just coming in for an interview. So it was it was really cool. And congratulations to the two of them. So go over to the World of Myth Bits and listen to... I mean, you should be listening to them anyway, but... Go over and listen to the OCC takeover because we did kind of take over. So that clears that up for housekeeping again. It was round two. I'm hoping that's just regular background noise and I don't have the reverb again. But if we do, it's very small and we're just going to go with it because I am now 20 minutes in and I am not doing this again. Okay, so it's been a week. It's, It's really been a week. I don't even know where to begin. It's, I don't know. It was really hot. We've had like, it's kind of our our weather has been up and down and up and down and up and down. We've had heat warnings. We've been under a heat warning. I mean, it reached 107 the one day. Um, That was brutal. We have now ascended out of the seventh level of hell and our heat warnings have lifted and we spent two days, I believe it was, bouncing in and out of severe thunderstorm warnings. Now, Those of you that don't live in Tornado Alley, you get a severe thunderstorm warning and you're like, eh, all right, whatever. It's going to rain. It's going to thunder. It's going to lightning. I'm not going outside. Might get a little windy. No big deal. If you live in the desert, flood warning. If you live in Tornado Alley, which is where I live, and it kind of runs from about Toronto up my way over to Midland, and it's kind of like a little winding and it's also in the wintertime known as the snow belt. Lots of fun. When you live in Tornado Alley, a severe thunderstorm warning kind of makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. It makes your eyes a little bit wider. It makes you pay a little more attention to the wind and the temperature of the wind. Because it could be a regular wind blowing along in this storm. And then all of a sudden, that breeze will drop 10 degrees instantly. And that makes you kind of go, oh, all right. And you start looking skyward. And I will tell you for an absolute fact, the sky does not always go pea green before a tornado hits. Sometimes 
That pea green color shows up about 45 minutes after the tornadoes whipped through. So you cannot go by sky color at all. If you're outside and the wind picks up and it's raining and it's thundering and it's lightning and it's looking pretty ugly and then the temperature drops or you get hail or the wind, the rain looks like it's kind of coming at you sideways, go inside. Stay away from the windows. I think I've told you this story before about my daughter and I dancing in the puddles and playing in the rain and the neighbor Morris running down the street telling us, turn around, dummies, there's a tornado right behind us. (laughs) We had no indication, none whatsoever. And that tornado was probably about two football fields away. Now that's two Canadian football fields. Canadian football fields are longer than American football fields. So that's two Canadian football fields away. But that was still very close. It was close enough that it very conveniently relocated the gazebo that I had in my backyard to three yards over. All we got was the wind and the flying mud and some debris. And we were that far away from it. Yeah, tornadoes are no joke. I've, I've, I've been through a few of them. The very first tornado I ever witnessed with my own eyeballs was 1985. And the tornado ripped through Barrie, Ontario. Yes, I'm Googling it for you so I can get my statistics correctly. It was a year ago. Here we are. May 31st, 1985. And it started in the United States. And there was this huge tornado outbreak. And it kind of started in the States and then came through into Canada. And there were 44 tornadoes in total in this outbreak. On May 31st, 1985, it whipped through Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, and Ontario. And it dropped 44 of the tornadoes on us. 14 of those 44 were in Ontario alone. The largest and most intense tornado outbreak ever to hit this region and the worst tornado outbreak in Pennsylvania history in the terms of death and destruction. I'm trying to find the statistics for Barry because I'm, no offense, but I don't care about the American statistics. I wasn't in the States when it crossed the highway in front of me. No, I was in Barry, Ontario. I was on my way to a girl guide jamboree at Canada's Wonderland. I was 10 years old. No, not 10. I'm sorry. It was 1985. I was 13. 13 years old. 13. And we were on the 400. We were just coming out of Barrie. We couldn't figure out why all the cars were coming towards us covered in mud. And we were right by the racetrack. And those of you that remember the tornado from back then, it came across from the residential area on the one side of the highway, on the northbound side of the highway, came across, came across both all four lanes of the north and southbound highway, went down the ravine and into the um, racetrack, horse racetrack, which was right there. Georgian Downs, I think Georgian Downs, I think it was the name of it. And we watched it. I watched it. The entire, watched the tornado come up and it picked up cars and threw them. It took the guardrail and crumpled it like tinfoil, went down into the racetrack and picked up the carts that they raced with and threw them around. It was insane. Absolutely insane. And I just, I, I, it's something that I will remember for the rest of my life. And when conditions start looking favorable for tornadoes, I get a little twitchy. I, I, I get a little nervous. Um, I get a little clingy. <laughs> I, I do. I get a little clingy. My voice gets a little higher pitched. Uh, I might be a little erratic, a little, you know, scary. And 
I, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to find out for you um, what the, the what F was it? Because we had an E2, uh, EF2 last year that hit uh, Barry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we also had one this year. Barry is not a good place to be. If you live in Barry, I would suggest you go on holiday during tornado season. And that is usually the summer. <laughs> Just leave Barry. Because they have a lot of F2 tornadoes that hit Barry. But I do believe the one that hit Barry in 1985 was an F4. Uh, suddenly I have no internet now. Not sure what happened there. Good thing I have everything saved. And I just need to reconnect. It might be the time of night. I think my internet provider does a lot of their updates this time of night. Helps if I spell tornado correctly. And it was funny. We used to live in Barrie and we had moved out of Barrie in 1981. And we'd moved to Port McNichol in 81 because the house that we were living in, my dad got transferred and it wasn't big enough. My mom was pregnant and, you know, was big enough for three kids. So we moved to Port McNichol. When we went back, my dad decided after um, my mom found out that I was still alive, because back then there weren't cell phones. There was telephone lines from town to town that connected the telephone system. And if there was a tornado or a storm that knocked down telephone lines, it broke that system. And if you were on one side of the broken system, you couldn't reach the other side of the broken system. So we, once the tornado had crossed the highway, um, my girl guide leader decided the best thing to do because we couldn't turn around. There was so much devastation behind us. We couldn't turn around. We continued on to Canada's Wonderland. And they figured once we got down there, they could call all of our parents and tell all of our parents that we were fine. Unfortunately, the phone lines were down. So none of our parents really knew until Sunday when we all showed back up that we were alive, really. Um, they just kept, kept helping with the relief efforts and helping with the Salvation Army to feed and house and, and clothe people because people lost everything. It was, was an incredibly devastating tornado. And surprisingly enough, the amount of damage that it did, only eight people died. And I mean, yes, eight people, that is still a lot. That's eight people. But only eight people died. The tornado lasted, it hit around 4.30 in the afternoon. We were on the highway, on our way. Down we were going. It injured hundreds. Yes, I was right. It was an F4. That is almost the worst tornado you could possibly have. I do believe F5 is what they call the finger of God. <laughs> this was an F4. I watched an F4 with wind speeds of 330 kilometers an hour. 330 clicks an hour spun in front of me across the highway. Yep. <laughs> and it's funny because that was in 1985 and here we are sitting in 2021 and it still creates that pit of fear in my stomach. And all that you could, all like the only way you could tell something was going to happen was the sky got really, really dark. Just, it got dark. That was it. There was no green. It was not pea green. It was dark, just dark. So my dad decided after he wanted to take a look, you know, fun family outing. Let's go take a look at the devastation in Barrie. And we drove by where we used to live on Adelaide Crescent. And we lived in um, a townhouse community. And so, you know, townhouses, they're all attached. They all look exactly the same. And in my room, 
<laughs> my dad used to say that my room must have been an old bordello because it had this god-awful wallpaper. It was this horrid pattern and it was red velvet. The pattern was red velvet. So we drove up to the townhouse complex where we lived and where we were, we were third house, I think, from the end. So you could drive up the road and you could see all the backyards and the backs of the houses. And the tornado had ripped the backs off of all of the townhouses in that row. Just the backs, just the back walls, gone. And the room that was my room, three years after we had moved out, still had that wallpaper on the wall. Tornado couldn't have taken that wall. Oh no, it left that one. It even went, ew, that's ugly, and left it. Just left it. It was still there. It was just it was just horrible. Yeah, it took a long time for Barry to recover from that one. And I thought at that point in time, that was going to be the closest I would ever get to such a devastating tornado. And then a tornado hit Midland. And the same day that it, we had a tornado in Midland, we also had an earthquake in Midland. Now, we keep telling my mom that this should have been an indication that she should not have gotten married seven days later um, because that marriage didn't last because he was a dork. That's the nicest thing I can say on my show. I have a whole lot of other words for him, but I won't use them. But yeah, um, exactly seven days before my mom was set to marry this man, we had a tornado and an earthquake. Now, I was at my grandparents' cleaning their house because they were old and I had a cleaning company. And Holly and I were at my grandmother's cleaning. And I was down on all fours and I was dusting the bottom of their TV stand Holly is a girl that worked for me. I have known Holly since grade three. We kind of grew up together in Port Manicol. She's always making bizarre comments on my Facebook. <laughs> Holly Knight, I love her dearly. Anyway, Holly and I were cleaning and I was down on all fours on my hands and knees. My grandparents were sitting in their Lazy Boys looking out at the lake. And all of a sudden, it, it felt like the whole house just kind of swayed. <laughs> Well, I was on all fours and I kind of sat back on my haunches and Holly was in the kitchen because the way their townhouse was laid out, you could see right through to the kitchen and she's hanging onto the counter. And I looked at her and I went, did the floor just move? And she's like, yes, it did. It swayed. And my grandmother, God rest her soul, looks up from her Reader's Digest because she's still got those little Reader's Digest magazines. And she said, oh, that's just the air conditioning kicking on. No, Grams, I'm sorry. If the air conditioner kicks on and it sways your entire house that is attached in a row of townhouses. See, don't ever go to townhouses, I'm telling you. That's not your air conditioner. No, it was an actual earthquake. And I've never felt one before. I don't think I ever want to feel one again. That was just the most bizarre feeling in the entire world to have something solid that you have taken for granted your entire life is going to be solid and not move underneath you move. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't been drinking. I'm used to the ground moving if I've been drinking a lot. That is to be expected. I was stone cold sober. The only thing I had been inhaling or ingesting at that point in time was pledge. And it, it, it was like I was on a boat and it just like a wave hit it and it just went whoosh and back. It's swayed. That's the only thing, the only way I can describe it. It's swayed. My live studio audience is laughing at me because he lives in California. He's used to it. I had never experienced something like that before. It was like being in a fun house. And you know how the floor moves in a fun house? That, that's exactly what it was like. That's exactly what it was like. And then that was in the morning. So we leave, we go on our way. And then that afternoon, there's an F3 tornado. <laughs> and my grandparents still sitting in their lazy boys, 
watch the tornado come across the lake in their backyard and go up into the only trailer park for miles. I, I'm telling you, tornadoes have trailer park radar. Off it went, took out the trailer park. My mom showed up to make sure that they were okay. And the whole front of their townhouse was covered in mud and these little uh, berries from little orange berries from the tree in their front yard. And they go in and my mom's like, what happened? Because she had no idea. She was on um, the road, so she didn't see what happened. She just knew the weather got a little hinky and that was it. Um, She had no idea when she got to my grandparents that a tornado had gone through. And she comes into the house and she's like, what happened to the front of your house? And my grandfather, from his lazy boy, leans forward and looks up at her and says, oh, it was just a tornado. Just a tornado. Now, granted, the man was 80 years old. So he had seen a lot in his 80 years. He had fought in World War II. He had seen a lot in his 80 years, 80 some odd years. So, you know, just a tornado was probably a normal thing for him to say. (laughs) Not for the rest of us. But yeah, I live in Tornado Alley. So with the weather going up and down the way it's been this week, and when we get a severe thunderstorm warning, we kind of go, all right, which hatch are we battening down today? Because something's blowing away. Protect the shoes. Always protect the shoes. Just saying. And those of you that know, no, just protect the shoes. My live studio audience is laughing at me, but he doesn't understand. I lost the shoes, man. I lost the shoes. I have pictures of the shoes. I love the shoes. The shoes were two sizes too small, but I looked cute in the shoes and I lost the shoes and the house, but I lost the shoes. Anyway, that's another story. (laughs) When the weather gets hinky like it has been, especially this time of year, because the beginning of spring and the end of summer are usually the worst times for tornadoes. Like I'm betting there's probably going to be a tornado within the next two weeks, at least. The weather's been, we haven't had that good, good storm to kind of clear everything out and kind of reset the weather. It's, like I said, it was up to like 107, which is I think 42. And then it would drop down like tonight, it's sitting at 60, 60 degrees outside. It's I think 75 in my apartment. So hence the clothing, (laughs) you know, I'm not walking around in just my little boy brief underwear and tank top, which is pretty much what I've been living in for the last two weeks, week and a half. Yesterday, it was really warm and then it dropped down. The day before, it was really, really hot and then it dropped during the day and then it rained and then it rose again. The other day I was on the phone with Dave and we were talking about how I was telling him how like it was like 88 degrees, I think, at two o'clock in the afternoon. By six o'clock that night, it was 95 degrees. It's not supposed to go up when it gets dark. It's supposed to go down. Uh Uh-uh. It went up. It went up. (laughs) And it kept going up. The last two days, the weather network has been driving me bonkers because it'll issue a severe thunderstorm warning and a severe heat warning. And then a half an hour later, it'll take it back. And then a half an hour later, it'll issue it again. And then a half an hour later, it'll go, nope, I changed my mind and take it back. So I get a notification every single time. And I can't turn the notifications off because if a tornado is coming, I want to know. And it'll be all my luck. I will turn the notifications off on my phone and I will lose the shoes. That is just how it'll work. Tonight, it's comfortable. Tonight, I when I get into bed, I will be able to pull my blankets up and I'll be able to snuggle down under my blankies. And of course, I will have both my fans running and my ceiling fan because, you know, that's me. I do that in the winter anyway. And I'll be able to like snuggle down in my pillow and actually wear pajamas to bed. Well, a pajama top anyway. I don't wear bottoms to bed. That's just ridiculous. It's nonsense. Why would you do that? And I'm, t- I'm not, don't get me started on people wearing socks to bed. Just don't. <laughs> 
bone of contention between me and somebody. I just don't, I don't understand. I can't understand. I can't, the, the fabric on, I just, <sighs> you're thinking you're going to get up out of the bed and like run out down the street in the middle of the night or what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my, my, my live studio audience is having a seizure of some sort over socks. <laughs> he really is adorable. Okay. All right. So let's carry on with the rest of our show. <laughs> Uh, we are 44 minutes in and I have not done Fun Fact Friday or Florida Man Friday. <laughs> okay, so we had a brief moment of oops. Um, I tried to close the wrong box and had to restart the recording. Thankfully, it just picked up where it left off. So, you know, here we go. We're going to minimize this now just so that does not happen again. Okay, so we are going to start with Fun Fact Friday. Now, I have gotten conflicting reports from two of my audience members. I have one that really enjoys Fun Fact Friday, and I have one that really enjoys Florida Man Friday. So this is for both of you. Now, here's an interesting fun fact. Uh, why is money green? Now, if you're Canadian, obviously our money is not green. If you live in any other country in the world, I don't think your money is green either. So this is for the American audience. So why is American money green? <laughs> Okay, so the small size bills continue to be printed. They're small too. They are. They're like little itty bitty. I have some around here somewhere. But they're not the same size as ours. Ours is bigger, which really now makes sense why it's called Monopoly money. I get it. Except Monopoly money is small. It's just colorful. Okay, so the small sized bills continue to be printed with green ink because according to the U.S. Bureau of Printing and Engraving, the ink was plentiful and durable, and the color green was associated with stability. Today, there is $1.2 trillion in coins and paper money in circulation in America. There's probably a whole lot more than that. Well, I guess in circulation means it's out there in the populace. But yeah, that is why American money is green, because they had a lot of it. If they had had a lot of blue, it would have been blue. If they had had a lot of purple, it would have been purple. They had a lot of green, and green is associated with stability. And anybody who knows if you have money, you have stability. If you don't have money, you don't. So that's just kind of how it goes. All right. So now here's some fun facts. We're going to do, we're going to kind of mix up our fun facts. I've got two sites up for fun facts. I want some really good ones. Um, these are supposed to be just 101 fun facts. Did you know? So we'll see. Okay, I think I might have read some of these before. Oh, that's kind of neat. I still think that's kind of neat that Canada is south of Detroit, which is Detroit just kind of snuck up into Canada. <laughs> We're, we've got Detroit surrounded. Oh, that's kind of cool. Flamingos are only pink because of what they eat. Makes sense. So if they ate something that was blue, they'd be blue. Um, mosquitoes are still the deadliest animal in the world. Did you know there's no muscles in your fingers? I think I've told you that before. There are no muscles in your fingers. None whatsoever. So you can't say you have a strong grip. You don't. You don't have a strong grip. You have a strong palm. <laughs> and the fact that I'm giggling just made me realize that one of my listeners is going to realize what I'm giggling at and she's going to be giggling too. 
which now that I've explained it, means that another one of my listeners kind of clued in and went, <laughs> and he's giggling now too. Okay, so their function is controlled by muscles in the palms and your arms. So you have strong palms and strong arms. <laughs> I'm still going to giggle. Well, everybody knows that skin is the body's largest organ. Yeah, I think I've read these ones before. Hawaiian pizza. Well, that's kind of ironic. <laughs> the hottest temperature ever recorded occurred in, of all places, Furnace Creek, Death Valley, California, at 134 degrees Fahrenheit on July 10th, 1913. Yeah, that's not on my places of places to visit. I don't like, I don't mind hot. I like hot. I can deal with humid. I like hot. That's too hot. That I think I would have a problem with. And I'm never going to Japan. We were just talking about earthquakes. Japan records the most earthquakes of any country in the world, but the most earthquakes actually occurs in Indonesia. So California is not even the worst for, for um, earthquakes. Australia contains a number of pink lakes, but the most stunning is the Pepto-Bismol colored Lake Hillier. The color may be the result of a certain algae. And I bet you it's the same algae that those flamingos eat that makes them pink. I bet you. At over 29, no, 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 I will go back and I will read that fun fact to you, live studio audience. It's not shrimp. Now, now I have to find it. <laughs> Flamingos are only pink because of chemicals called carotenoids in the algae and fish, which also eat the algae, they eat. Their feathers are grayish white when they're born. So shrimp probably eat the same algae and that's why shrimp are pink, but shrimp are only pink. After they're cooked, you silly boy. Shrimp are gray before they're cooked. All right, where was I? Oh, I still think that's cool. The guy that designed the Pringles can is actually buried in one. <laughs> okay, as a paranormal investigator, I go, ooh. But as, you know, somebody with a dark sense of humor, this makes me snork. Visitors are not allowed to scatter loved ones' ashes at Disney World or Disneyland. This is apparently a problem, particularly around the Haunted Mansion attraction. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> okay, so this isn't exactly a fun fact, but there are over 200 dead bodies of climbers on Mount Everest because it's so difficult to bring them down. So if you die climbing Mount Everest, you're going to stay there. That's it. So if, you're, if you know you're going to die and you want to choose your burial place... Go climb Everest because there you go. At over 29,000 feet tall, Mount Everest is the highest point on Earth. But it doesn't compare to the deepest point on Earth, the Mariana Trench, which is over 36,000 feet deep. That's nearly seven miles in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, I've seen Megalodon. Thank you very much. Nope, 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 nope. Do you know how big a shark could be living in that? Yeah. No. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So the world's record for the holder of the most world's records is Ashrita Furman, who set more than 600 records and currently holds more than 200. His records have ranged from fastest mile on a pogo stick, longest time to hula hoop underwater, and greatest distance traveled on a bicycle balancing a bottle of milk on the head. Yeah. 
There's actually one in there about blueberries. I do believe that the highest stack of blueberries, you know, you stack blueberries like little beads on top of each other, is six. So if you can stack more than six blueberries on top of each other, you can get into the Guinness Book of World Records too. All right, let's see. Let's go. Let's go see what Florida man is doing because, you know, it's Florida man Friday. You can't make the shit up. Yeah, I totally stole that from this chick on TikTok. She's really good and really funny and you need to go find her. Just put in Florida man Friday. She'll come right up. She's hilarious. Now, this is the most WTF Florida man headlines of all time. So thank you, Florida, for your state law of requiring all government offices, including police departments, to make their records easily accessible to the public. Newspapers are filled with stories relaying all the illegal shenanigans acted out by Florida's 21 million residents. In addition to its hungry alligators and monstrous snakes, I don't know why people want to go there, the state is now infamous for other unique forces of nature. Florida man! From the Panhandle to Key West, no part of Florida is safe from the felonious hijinks that so often make the headlines. There are some of the most, here are some of the most head-scratching, jaw-dropping Florida man headlines ever published. Oh, Florida man caught on video licking doorbell. Now, I have seen this one before. Obviously, he needs some lessons in doorbell etiquette, but... It wasn't just one doorbell. He licked a few. He went around and licked a few. And most of these people had like those Amazon ring things on their doors. So they caught him doing it. And like, I mean, the picture I'm looking at right now, he's given that doorbell some serious tongue. It, <laughs> sorry. Uh, this one kind of makes me want to hurl too. A Florida man dies after winning roach eating contest. Yes, you heard me. 32-year-old, the 32-year-old, noshed on roaches and worms as part of a python winning contest at a reptile shop. Doesn't get much more Florida than that. Nope. Eating roaches and worms to win a snake. Awesome. How's the, how happy do you think that snake's going to be? Not very. All right. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really wish that you guys could see this picture because it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, the caption is, Florida man takes golf cart on wild ride through Walmart. Witnesses told police the man demanded to speak to a manager before barricading the entrance to the adjoining liquor store. Now, the picture is of the dude in the golf cart and security has him at gunpoint in the Walmart. And there are like two or three white hairs standing around watching. One, like, right beside the golf cart. She's got her cart. It looks like she's, like, going to ram the golf cart with her shopping cart. This is Walmart shopping cart. Is she wearing pajamas? I'm pretty sure she's wearing pajamas. She's got a fanny pack, so she's got to be wearing pajamas. Yeah. Oh, this is the the Florida man dude that threw the alligator through the Wendy's drive through window. It was a three-and-a-half-foot alligator, by the way. How he got a three-and-a-half-foot alligator into his car... And was able to drive to the Wendy's without incident? I don't know. I don't know if he had it duct taped or that well, they use electrical tape. I don't know. But he was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, illegal killing, possessing, or capturing an alligator, second degree larceny, petty theft, and that was it. I think he needed to see a psychiatrist too, I'm pretty sure. His mom told a journalist that it was just a stupid prank. That he, did, that he did 
that's now turning into this? Dude threw an alligator through a drive through window. That is more than just a stupid prank. Now, I read you this one last week about the Florida man who was only taking swigs of bourbon when he stopped at a stop sign or a traffic sign. And I was kind of explaining to my live studio audience earlier, I do something similar. Now, I don't drink, so it's not like I'm taking swigs of something. But if it says no parking, I I'm not parking, I'm pausing. I'm pausing. Still in drive, foot's on the brake. I'm paused. I'm not parked. I'm paused. I'm going to go again in a moment. I'm not parked. I didn't get out of the car. I've not left the vehicle. I am not parked. Okay, Florida man attacked an ATM for giving him too much money. It's got to be in the water. One Florida man's dream is this Florida man's nightmare. Yeah, the machine gave him too much money. So you put it back in. Ooh, ooh this is a creepy looking dude. Florida man posing as an officer pulls over an off-duty sheriff's deputy. <laughs> All right, yeah, just follow me to the sheriff's office down this poorly lit side street. I'll show you my credentials. <laughs> right. All right. Let's see. Is that it? That's it. That's all they got for me. Well, oh, no, I was wrong. Florida man accused of eating wild Florida man. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's got to be in the water. It, it really, it's just not right. They're just not right. <laughs> And the more I read, the more I want to look at my mom and go, what are you thinking? Because she wants to become one of these. She wants to be there with, I'm going to be there from the January to April. I'm going to be amongst them. Oh, God. <laughs> Save me. Anybody. I mean, it's a free trip away from the snow, but... I keep trying to convince her that there are other states. If you can't find a condo in Florida, there are other warm states as well that are just as lovely. They may not have an ocean, but they are just as lovely. Uh, June 11th, 2012, Florida man arrested for calling 911 after kitten denied entry into strip club. Uh, Everett Legas was arrested outside of Emerald City Strip Club in Murdoch for repeatedly calling the emergency line to report that the club owner had refused to let his kitty into the jiggle joint. Aw. I, I, you know, that one kind of writes itself for jokes. It really does. I just, if this was a different kind of show, there would be jokes. There would be, but it's not, so there won't be. Ooh. Ooh, Florida man chews off another Florida man's face in what became known as the case of the Miami cannibal. Yep. Rudy Eugene gnawed off half of a homeless man's face while high. Ah, bath salts, I betcha. The 31-year-old was shot and killed by police after they found him naked and chowing down on human flesh. Good to know. <laughs> Doesn't say where. Awesome. I know it's Florida. Let's see. Florida man once arrested for fighting drag queen with tiki torch runs for mayor. Boyd Corbin was report reportedly dressed in an iconic, K K ironic KKK costume at a Halloween party in 2012 when he allegedly, excuse me, allegedly got into a brawl with a man in drag, leading to his bust for aggravated assault. But that didn't stop him from running for mayor of the small town of Wilton Manors, Two years later. Wonder if he won. <laughs> it's gotta be water. <sighs> oh, Florida man trapped in unlocked closet for two days. 
Yep. John Arwood, 31, and Amber Campbell, 25, thought they were stuck in a janitor's closet at Daytona State College for two days before realizing they could just open the door and walk out. Yeah. Bet you they were both art majors. Florida man killed by alligator while hiding from cops. <laughs> yeah, they don't use dogs down in, down in Florida. They use alligators. Matthew Riggins, 22, was fatally chomped on by an 11-foot gator after allegedly breaking into a home, then hiding from cops in Barefoot Bay Lake. When police found him, the 22-year-old was missing part of his arm. Florida man desperate for ride to Hooters calls 911. Jonathan Hinkle. What is with Hooters? Jonathan Hinkle allegedly told 911 dispatchers he needed a ride to the provocative eatery to help his grandmother who had fallen ill. Cops later learned the 28-year-old Merrick Island man's granny was perfectly fine and Hinkle was arrested on charges of misusing 911. Guys and boobs, man. Guys and boobs, I'm telling you. They, they just, well, there is a rule about blood and the body and there not being enough to run two things at once. <laughs> uh, Florida man tries to steal a rack of ribs by stashing it in his pants. When cops busted Mayel Alvarez Aguilera at an Indian town store, he allegedly removed a full rack of ribs from his waistband. The hungry 26-year-old was also smuggling fried chicken, two packs of hamburger buns, and some mashed potatoes. Damn, they must have been big pants, and he must have been a skinny boy. <laughs> he had, like, the full southern meal right there. Fried chicken, ribs, and some taters. Florida man insists syringes pulled from, oh, pulled from rectum aren't his. Rectum damn near killed him. After getting hauled into jail on marijuana charges, Wesley Dasher Scott, Wesley Dasher Scott allegedly pulled three syringes from his rump during a strip search. Asked why he had the needles, Scott claimed they actually belonged to someone else. I'm just holding for a friend. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So we are crossing over into the bizarre Florida man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's illegal in all states. Uh, Florida man in dog costume filmed himself having sex with Siberian Husky. Christian Stewart Oscar Nichols. Wow. Christian Stewart Oscar Nichols. That's quite a name. 21, allegedly dressed up in a pooch costume, recorded himself getting frisky with his pup, then posted the footage online. The creep was hit with animal cruelty charges. Oh, okay, so there's two letters missing, not a word. All right, so Florida man arrested over, um, I eat the not-so-nice word for butt sticker. Dylan Shane Webb, 23, was arrested for refusing to remove a sticker on his car that read, I eat beep. Columbus County cops said the charges were later dropped after he argued that he's protected by the First Amendment. No buts about it. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay, these are just going from bad to worse. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's going to be a few male listeners out there that are going to crumple. And I'm um, okay. So this is this is a trigger warning for my male listeners. Hang on to yourselves for a moment, because you're going to need to. An elderly Florida man with a twisted castration obsession 
was busted for allegedly performing an at-home surgery on another guy, whom he met on a dark web fetish site, cops said. Van Ryswick, 74, allegedly admitted he screwed up the back alley surgery at his home in Seabrig, and he was arrested after a botched castration. Ow! And I'm a girl! Uh, So this one is in 2019. Florida man protects car from Hurricane Dorian by parking it in the kitchen. Patrick Elridge of Jacksonville drove his smart car. Oh, well, it's a small car. It probably fit. Inside his home and into his kitchen to protect it from the flooding and wind. My husband was afraid his car might blow away. His wife Jessica said on Facebook. (laughs) You know what? It's a smart car. It probably would. I can't complain. My car's a little better. My car's just a little smarter car. I'm a little bigger than a smart car. I'm a smarter car. Uh, Florida man arrested for trying to get alligator drunk. Timothy Kepke, 27, allegedly fed some beer to the gator after his pal caught it with his bare hands in Palm City. But the reptile apparently wasn't a fan of booze and bit him. Both men were later arrested. (laughs) Well, damn. (laughs) Andy Seagars, 48, was accused of riding the geeky vehicle, which is a segue. I mean, geeky, I want one. While wasted, right in front of a police station, he was charged with a DUI. A Florida man busted feeding iguanas to an alligator in zoo. Jailbird Jason Aaron Gibson was, uh, was all allowed to work at a small petting zoo on the Stock Island Detention Center until fellow inmates ratted him out for feeding the giant lizards to Irwin the gator. Oh, good grief. Florida man groped Disney World princess while wife sat next to him. Brian Sherman, 51, was accused of cupping the costumed character's right breast for three to four seconds during a photo op at the Magic Kingdom in Orlando while his wife took a load off nearby. He was charged with battery. Why was he charged with battery and not sexual assault? I don't make any sense. A Florida man tries to evade arrest by cartwheeling away from cops. <laughs> All right. Guess if you can't catch the arms to put him behind his back, then you can't arrest him. Video footage shows Gianfranco Fernandez, John Franco Fernandez, 40, wiggling out of cops' grasp, then launching into a cartwheel outside of a shop in Orlando. The nimble escape artist was later charged with battery on the officer. Florida men catch 18.9-foot Burmese python. No. (laughs) Ryan Osborne and Kevin Pavlidis bagged the scaly behemoth in the Everglades, setting a new state record. The previous largest snake was one-tenth of a foot shorter. And that was 2020, man. Come on. I don't know if I want to go to Florida now. This is just not cool. All right, I need some just interesting fun facts to kind of clear my palate after Florida Man Friday. Weirdos down there. No. Okay, so we're going to do a couple of these and then we're going to call it a night. The world, nay, the universe, is a weird, wacky, fascinating place. If you're looking for a few, or more than a few, bits of random trivia to share with your friends or just boost your own arsenal of useless knowledge, we've got fun facts galore So let's see what we've got. Ew. Ew. McDonald's once made bubblegum flavored broccoli. 
This interesting fact will have your taste buds crawling. Unsurprisingly, the attempt to get kids to eat healthier didn't go over well when the child testers who were confused by the taste. Ya think? Ooh, some fungi create zombies, then control their minds. The tropical fungus Ophiocordicus infects ants' central nervous systems. By the time the fungi, by the time the fungi been in the insect bodies for nine days, they have complete control over the host's movements. They force the ants to climb trees, then convulse and fall into the cool, moist soil below, where fungi thrive. Once there, the fungus waits until exactly solar noon to force the ant to bite a leaf and kill it. Well, I'm going to remember that the next time I buy mushrooms. The first oranges weren't oranges. The original oranges from Southeast Asia were a tangerine-pomelo hybrid, and they were actually green. In fact, oranges in warmer regions like Vietnam and Thailand still stay green through maturity. That's kind of an interesting fact. Oh, really? There's only one letter that doesn't appear in any U.S. state name. Can you guess the answer to this random fact? You'll find a Z in Arizona, a J in New Jersey, and even two X's in New Mexico and Texas. But there is not a single Q. Nope. A cow-bison hybrid is called a beefalo, and I've actually had beefalo. It's rather tasty. Johnny Appleseed's fruits weren't for eating. Yes, there was a real John Chapman who planted thousands of apple trees on U.S. soil. But the apples on those trees were much more bitter than the ones you'd find in the supermarket today. Johnny Appleseed didn't expect his fruits to be eaten whole, but rather made into hard apple cider. Scotland has 421 words for snow. <laughs> I bet you most of them are swear words. Yes, 421. That's too many fun facts about snow. Some examples, sneezes. Okay, you know what? I If I have a Scottish... One of my friends is Scottish, and I'm thankful he doesn't listen to the podcast because he would be flink drinking. <laughs> That's a light snow. Uh, Fifli, to swirl. Sneasley is to start raining or snowing. Yes, if he listened to this podcast and listened to me butchering the Scottish words, I would be in some serious trouble. Samsung tests phone durability with a butt-shaped robot. Do these interesting facts have you rethinking everything? People stash their phones in their back pockets all the time, which is why Samsung created a robot that is shaped like a butt. And yes, even wears jeans to sit on their phones to make sure they can take the pressure. Fact. The Windy City name has nothing to do with Chicago weather. Chicago's nickname was coined by 19th century journalists who were referring to the fact that the residents were windbags and full of hot air. Uh, which is kind of funny because where I lived in Midland, the little town right next to it, Penetanguishene, was actually called Chicago of the North. And uh, we actually had a bar called Chicago North, paying tribute to the fact that Penetang was supposed to be the next Chicago of the North. Did you know peanuts aren't technically nuts? They're legumes, according to Merriam-Webster. A nut is only a nut if it's a hard-shelled dried fruit or seed with a se separable rind or shell and interior kernel. That means walnuts, almonds, cashews, and pistachios aren't nuts either. They're seeds. So you can't say you have a nut allergy. You have a seed allergy. Armadillo shells are bulletproof. In fact, one Texas man was hospitalized after a bullet he shot at 
an armadillo ricocheted off the animal and hit him in the jaw. All right. Fire agents use wetting... Firefighters use wetting agents to make water wetter. The chemicals reduce the surface tension of plain water so it's easier to spread and soak into objects, which is why it's known as wet water. I knew that, actually. The longest English word is 189,819 letters long. We won't spell it out here, though. You can read it here. Um, But the full name for the protein nicknamed Titan would take three and a half hours to say aloud. Nope. Nope. I was going to try and try it out. But you know what? I don't have three and a half hours to say one word. Running amok. (laughs) Amok, amok, amok. Running amok is a medically recognized mental condition. Considered a culturally bound syndrome, a person running amok in Malaysia commits a sudden frenzied mass attack, then begins to brood. Yeah. Oh, All right, if you have a cat, grab a cat, because you need to count the toes. Cats have fewer toes on their back paws. I did not know that. Interesting. Kleenex tissues were originally intended for gas masks. When there was a cotton shortage during World War II, Kimberly Clark developed a thin, flat cotton substitute that the Army tried to use as a filter in gas masks. The war ended before scientists perfected the material for gas masks, so the company redeveloped it to be smoother and softer, then marketed Kleenex as facial tissue instead. And I think, oh, blue whales eat half a million calories in one mouthful. Good heavens! Uh, the tiny pocket in jeans was designed to store pocket watches. And if you grew up in the 80s, it stored a lighter. Or quarters for the payphone. Turkeys can blush. When turkeys are scared or excited, like when the males see a female they're interested in, the pale skin on their head and neck turns bright red, blue, or white. The flap of skin over their beaks, called a snood, also reddens. Most Disney characters wear gloves to keep animation simple. Walt Disney might have been the first to put gloves on his characters, as seen in 1929's The Opry House, starring Mickey Mouse. In addition to being easier to animate, there's another reason Disney opted for gloves. We didn't want him to have mouse hands because he was supposed to be more human. Well, there you go. All right, I think we're going to call it. I could just keep going on and on and on and on. And I've already done this for an hour and 20 minutes. And I'm sorry, Joe. (laughs) Actually, I've been doing this longer because it took a couple of takes to get it right. But uh, yeah. So we're going to call it. Uh, Don't forget, Scarefare tickets, PCEHD.com, MythMart, get them while the getting's good. Liberty's Run, September 7th. Green Hills, Red Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for dinner. This Saturday, general sale. And keep an eye out for submission calls. We are constantly looking for submission calls. And don't forget, next month is our 100th issue. I want the goods. Send me your stuff. Send me all your stuff. Give me your stuff. And even if you don't think you have stuff, write stuff. Give me your stuff. If you've ever contributed to the magazine, I want your stuff. If you haven't contributed to the magazine, why not? What's holding you back? You know you can write. You know you can. I've told you you can. See, you can write. Okay, that's it, guys. I am out of here. If you want to find me, I am all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Just come find me. I'm not listing them all off. It is 1.30 in the morning, and that is it for me. All right, everybody, have a good week, and we will see you all next time. I've lost my mouse. There it is. All right, everybody, see ya.
Don't you cry? Don't you cry? 